Good morning and welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. Just in case you haven't noticed, it looks a little different in here today. And if you would guess right where we begin tomorrow, we begin vacation Bible school, and we're going to be someplace out in the desert amongst big rocks, monumental rocks. So we invite you all to come, 9 to 12, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and just have a lot of fun with all of us. And, uh, and you know, we may find out that we have a spot that needs, needs some help, and you can jump right in. But today is, you know, as we, we're back to white, it's not Easter again, but today is Trinity Sunday. And Trinity Sunday is when we recognize Father, Son, and Holy Spirit very specifically. And this is the one time in the year that we, we, we use that one creed that is like real long. It's called the Athanasian Creed. Uh, it's one of the three creeds of the church. We feel the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. And in the, so we'll be saying the Athanasian Creed today, but because it's so long, I've broken it up into like three, four parts. And it will be done responsively. And, and there's one word in there that tends to get people a little nervous, and it's the word Catholic. So it's a small c, which means basically universal church. And that's how the creed was written, as it was written well before the Catholic Church was even around with the big C. So when we say it, it's a little C, and we're just saying universal. Um, but we're saying the creed the way it is. Um, uh, as, oh, communion. So as you notice, we brought our, our altar down here. And so we're going to be doing the communion where you'll walk up here from the center, and, and I'll um, give you the host, and then... This side is going to turn this way, this side is going to turn that way, and the elders will have the wine. We're just going to do the individual cups today, as it's a little bit easier than having, having the, uh, the um, common cup also. And I uh, hope you're all okay with that. And uh, so we'll just come up this way and then back to our seats. And uh, we'll remind you again as we go. So as always, we pray and hope that uh, you're blessed through through. The, the music today and through the readings today, through our liturgy today, uh, through the sermon and most certainly through the body and blood of Christ, and that your faith is, is strengthened. So as God sends us out, we are prepared to share him with the world. Let's begin by singing an opening hymn, hymn number 507, Holy, Holy, Holy.
of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Through our worship, as I said earlier, we will progressively and responsibly confess the Athanasian Creed. As the more commonly confessed apostles and Nicene creeds were written and doctrinally accepted according to God's word in defense to the heresies of the time and applicable still today. So also the Athanasian Creed was written and doctrinally accepted to refute false teachings regarding the scripturally revealed identity and the work of the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As we hold the Catholic faith, the Athanasian Creed refers to Catholic as the true church of all times and places who faithfully confess true Christ as Lord and Savior. And again, the word Catholic is with a small c, which basically means universal. We recite together part one of the Athanasian Creed. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic faith. And the Catholic faith is this. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. Faith is such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, and the Holy Spirit infinite. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. In the same way, the Father is Almighty, the Son Almighty. The Holy Spirit Almighty. And yet there are not three Almighties, but one Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord. As we approach our triune God and gather in his majestic name, we draw near with a true heart and confess our sins. Almighty God.
We have turned away from one another in our thinking, speaking, and doing. Have mercy on us, Heavenly Father, because of the obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. He alone with the Father and the Spirit is the one who has promised forgiveness to those who repent of their sins and turn to him. Therefore, as a called and ordained servant of the word, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God keep you in his grace by the Holy Spirit. We sing, Our God Saves.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O oh, Almighty God, creator of all that is seen and unseen, from the beginning you have been the one true triune God. Lighten us with your spirit, that we may hear your voice this day and receive the restoration of life won for us on the cross. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and 22 through 31. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above. When he established the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gradual reading is also from Proverbs. The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. 
For with the heart one believes and is justified. Our second reading comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 14a and then 22 through 36. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. We continue with part two of the Athanasian Creed. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also are we prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Son is neither made nor created, but begotten of the Father alone. Thus, there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. But the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other and co-equal, excuse me, so that in all things, as has been stated above, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. And we will read the gospel today responsibly. The Jews answered him. Lord, there is one who sees it, 
Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be Jesus blood. 
Please rise. As we confess in, in this creed, the work and identity of the one true God, Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit was all founded in and supported throughout Scripture. The Athanasian Creed closes with a reminder of judgment in the last days to come. Through reference is, is, though reference is made to works, works are not the basis of our salvation. Only those who by faith believe in Jesus Christ for salvation are able to do good works in God's sight. And the good works done are fruits of the saving faith in Christ given through the Holy Spirit. We recite part three of the Athanasian Creed. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father. Before all ages. And he is man, born from the substance of his mother in the, the age. Equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. For as a rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ. ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, God Almighty, for whence his will come, he will come to judge the living and the dead. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. Seeing this, I believe.
Please be seated. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, you might like to open it up to Acts chapter 2, because we're going to take a walk through verses 22 to 36 this morning as we, as Peter finishes the speech that we heard the beginning of last week on, on Pentecost. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit be among us as we take a deeper look into your word this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, amen. So from time, the time that Jesus had, had arrived on, on earth and began his public ministry until the time that the earthly apostles, in fact, until today and until the very end of time, there is one simple message. And that message is that Christ is the Savior of the world. If you walk away with anything today, as important as it is to, to confess God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, I believe in our world today, the most important thing to get out is the message that Christ is their Savior. Not only your Savior, not only my Savior, but their Savior, the Savior of the world. And even though that message is really quite simple. We have found that through the ages that mankind does its best to dismiss it. Some have tried to deny it. Some have said there's more gods than one, more savior than others. Some have said, I don't need that. I can work to get to heaven, whatever heaven may be for them. But Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. He writes, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that's the message that Peter picks up in the latter part of his sermon on Pentecost Sunday. And remember, we heard the first half last week. And at the end of his sermon that day where he preached... In his language, but what was heard was the language of the people who stood there, the people who watched, the people who thought they were foolish. And at the end, 3,000 were baptized into the faith as they confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So Peter says in verse 22, follow along if you have it in your Bible, he says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. So Peter uses the title that that they were used to hearing. He tells them that, that Jesus, the man from Nazareth, and of course, all those in that time would say, what good can come? From Nazareth. Yet Peter also reminded the people that were standing there that Jesus was more than simply a man from Nazareth. Peter said that Jesus was confirmed by God, he was approved by God, he was accredited by God by all the miracles and all the wonders that they had seen and heard about, that he was truly the very Son of God. Peter doesn't stop there. He goes on to verse 23. Verse 23 says, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless man. 
Because Jesus had flesh, because Jesus has blood and was put to death, he was also then very true man, as you all just confessed in the Athanasian Creed. And as you confess every Sunday, whether it's the Apostles or the Nicene Creed. And the crowd there understood that, but they thought that he just was the son of the woman Mary and this man named Joseph. Peter said that he, Jesus, was indeed the son of man, but he was also the son of God. And he knew that they didn't believe it. So he goes on further. Listen to verse 24 of Acts 2. He says, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Death could not hold Jesus into the grave. That we celebrated Easter Sunday as we celebrated his resurrection, as the stone was rolled away somehow. And Jesus was no longer there. And for the next 50 days, he appeared to over 500 people to, to again prove that he was the resurrected Lord, the resurrected Savior. This is who Jesus is. You and I are far removed from that very first Pentecost that happened 2,000 plus years ago. And yet, I think we are still reminded of the importance of knowing, the importance of believing in our hearts that Jesus is the very Son of God and God himself. There are people even today who attack his divinity. They simply say, well, Jesus was a good man. It's good to know him. It's good to follow him, but he's not God. And indeed, Jesus was a good man. And by God's grace, he has caused us to believe that Christ is the Messiah, which is more than just a man. He is the one who was promised. He is the one who fulfilled the promises of old. He lived and he died, rose again, God's very son. Peter preached Christ that day. That was his whole focus. It wasn't to preach about the Old Testament, although he refers to the Old Testament. It wasn't to preach about the 11 other guys and him. It wasn't to preach about just Jesus as the man. He was to preach Jesus as the Christ, the one who would not only save all those who were there that day, but you and me and all those who will come after us. But Peter also knew he needed to give a little bit more context. So he decides to go to probably one of the greatest figures of the Old Testament, at least for those who were there that day, and that would be David. And so he takes him back to Psalm 16, and he quotes Psalm 16 in, in Acts verses 25 to 28. Listen to verses 25 through 27, though. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue re rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. Now, David was a king. And those who read that text in the Old Testament Continued to think, well, that's David talking about himself. As he went through all those verses I just read to you, which come from Psalm 16, 
they were convinced that that was David. Peter's job now is to remove them or move them from David on. Listen to verse 29. Peter says, brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us this day. He is saying, David is here. He is buried in Jerusalem. And if we open up his crypt today, we would find his bones. So then the question that Peter had to share with these these guys, well, then who's David talking about? You all know the answer. He's looking forward to the one who you and I look back to, Jesus, coming. Because Jesus, if you went to Jesus' tomb... What was it? What was in that tomb? Pretty much empty, right? Head cloth, another piece of cloth, but not Jesus. For he had risen from the dead. But what David was doing in Psalm 16, Peter also needed to reinforce. He basically was, was looking forward the resurrection. And it needed to be made known. And so Peter... So Uh, David writes in Psalm 16, he says, You have made known to me, talking to God there, the paths of life. And that is what Jesus had done for the people at Pentecost, as well as for you and me. He reminded them that he came for them to show them the path of life, as much as he came for you and me to show us the path of life and the victory over death. That message has not changed for over 2,000 years. And technically, you can go back to the Old Testament because all the Old Testament is doing is referring us to what's going to happen. It's been there since Adam ate the fruit. So what does that mean for you and me today? What would Peter tell you and me today if he was standing up here? Well, he's not here, but I am. So I'm going to share with you what you already know. So Peter puts it this way. He says, preach Christ. Now, all of you sitting there and all of you watching online says, well, good. That's reserved for pastor. He's the one who preaches. And God willing, every Sunday, every wedding, every funeral, every opportunity that I preach that it is Christ. You need to tell me when I don't do that. Because... I missed it if I don't. The problem with that, though, is it doesn't stop at the pulpit. Obviously, I'm not in a pulpit today. I'm on the floor because I can't get to the pulpit. Well, I could, but you would see a rock. That might be better. But um, When Peter is there preaching Christ to these, these people there, and especially to that 3,000 who heard the word understood the word by the power of the Holy Spirit and were baptized. He's telling them, he's telling you, all of you, to go preach Christ. So what does that mean for you to go preach Christ if you're not standing in a pulpit? The same thing it means for me, which simply means that when you are in the world or when you're in the church, you act Christ-like. You love your neighbor Whether you like them or not does not even matter. You love 
your neighbor the way Jesus left. Because Jesus died for those people that you really dislike. You do dislike some people, right? Hopefully, it'd be nice if you didn't. But most of us have dislikes in our life. But Jesus died for them. They need to hear Christ as much as you and I need to hear Christ. And so our job is when we go out of here, when we leave here this morning, is is to not leave Christ at the door. You take him with you. Let his light shine through you. Let him do the work. Don't try to figure it out. Just remember, he says, love, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And do likewise to everybody else. Be the light of Christ. We, we, we're in a really dark, dark world. I, I think most of you would agree our world has just gone crazy. It's, you know, we survived two years of a pandemic and, and we are moving on, but our world seems to be even crazier than when we entered the pandemic two years ago or three years ago now. Um, our world needs the light of Christ. Your neighborhood needs the light of Christ. Your house needs the light of Christ. And the only way to get the light out is to be like the light and to preach Christ. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. Love, love, love. And with everything you do, don't do it because you're trying to earn good points with God. Do it because that's what Jesus would do. Let your light shine brightly as his light fills you up. And one last time, let me read to you what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. You most likely all know it. We have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me and in you. Paul's talking to you. Christ lives in you. The life we live in the body, we live by faith in the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us. So we preach Christ crucified, our Savior. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Before Abraham was, you were and are and ever will be, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. From you comes all that is from creation to redemption in Jesus Christ. Your grace Preserves all things. Grant us continued faith and trust in who you have revealed yourself to be. That we trust in your mercy and rejoice in the forgiveness accomplished for us through all our days. Lord, in your mercy. Ever uniting Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Join us together in fellowship with one another and with you. Give us your spirit that all may confess truly and faithfully your word and live in harmony of doctrine and life. As we prepare to receive the gifts you have prepared 
Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of sins in, with, and under the bread and the wine. Nourish the faith you give as we gather together in your presence. Lord, in your mercy. Ever-sustaining Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we worship you not as we ought, but as we are able, within the frailty of our minds that struggle to understand and hearts that struggle against sin and unbelief. Guard us by your Spirit that we not grow weary nor lose sight of the goal before us. Work in us to display the good works of him who has called us from darkness into his marvelous light. Lord, in your mercy. Ever-providing Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you have suffered fully the, the cost of love through the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Give healing and peace to all who are afflicted and give your comfort to the grieving and the dying. Lift up to you those who have requested our prayers, especially today we lift up Chet and Sandra, Sophie, Steve, Linda, Jan, Gaylene, Jojo, and Gary's Prickle as he mourns the, the death of his sister Carol and for the family of Terry Easton, who was also called to his heavenly home on Friday. We also lift up to those we lift up in our hearts now. Give them all that is needful so that they may endure trials, confident of your presence and grace sufficient for every need. Lord, in your mercy. Ever-present Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, renew us by your word and spirit, where we lack love and compassion, build us up in Christ. When distracted by the temporal things of this world, draw our eyes upon our Savior you have given. Grant your presence and strengthen our trust in your promises made, fulfilled, and yet to come, that we be found faithful at your time and be forever together with those who have gone before us to your kingdom without end. Lord, in your mercy. All these things we pray to you through Christ Jesus, for you live and reign as a triune and eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who always has been and always will be. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, who with your only begotten Son and the Holy Spirit are one God, one Lord. In the confession of the only true God, we worship the Trinity in person and the unity in substance of majesty co-equal. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying,
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as I drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Oh, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray, Our Father. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.